We are on Nundala Ramadvez 54b on the sixth of the widest lines. Aramar, we said in the Brisa, Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says, Aaron always moves to the right of Moshe. Keman az like whom is the Brisa that we learn? Three people were going on the road. Harav Ba'emsa, the Rebbe, or the greatest person, should be in the middle, the Gadol Bimino, and the second greatest to his right, the greatest student to his right, and the second student to his left. This would seem to be, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who said that Aaron would sit on Moshe's right, and Aaron's sons on Moshe's left, below Rabbanan, and not according to Rabbanan. Gemara answers, no. You could even say it's according to Rabbanan, but in order not to trouble Aaron to get up, he had to first sit on Moshe's left when he was the only one there. And then when Aaron's son sat down, really, he should move to the right, but in order not to trouble him, he stayed on the left. Gemara tells another story regarding the importance of review. Rabbi Preda had a student who, to whom he taught everything 400 times, the Gamar, and then he would learn it. Then the student would understand after hearing it 400 times. One time, Rabbi Preda was needed for some mitzvah. He taught the student 400 times, and the student didn't understand. Rabbi Preda said, what's different today? The student said, Midahi shatad lamar. From the time that they told you you're going to be needed for a mitzvah, I became distracted. And every moment I thought, you're going to get up now, you're going to get up now. And I wasn't able to focus on the 400 times that you told me this lesson. Rapreda said, pay attention and I'll teach it to you again. He taught it to him another 400 times. Nafka bat kala A basko came out and said, would you prefer to live another 400 years? Or that you and your generation will merit olam haba. He said, I choose that I and my generation will merit olam haba. Hashem said to the Malachim, Tnudlo Zovazo, give him both, that he and his generation will merit Olamaba, and they should live another 400 years. Ravurvin Magalios asks a question on this story. If Rapreda lived 400 years plus whatever age he was then, he would have encompassed pretty much the entire period of the Mishnah and the Gemara, and presumably would have been one of the Gdole Hadar to whom people would have gone to ask questions, certainly about traditions of the past and what people said in the past, and yet we don't find that that's the case. Ravur Margolius suggests that there's a printer's error here, or it may be a scribal error, <clears throat> and that originally it said Tomnin for 80, which then got abbreviated to the letter Tuf, short for Tomnin or 80, and later, the Tuf got turned into 400, because the gematria of Tuf is 400, and that Rav Preda, his reward was not 400 years, and he didn't teach 400 times, but rather 80 times. Amar Chista, Rav Chista says, <coughs> The Torah is only acquired through simanim, through mnemonic devices. As it says, place it in their mouth. Sima, Ela, Simna. 
Don't read it Sima, read it Make Simanim. It's a Kriuktiv, but they're not so far from each other. You know, how should you place it in their mouth? Through Simanim. Shamar of Tachlifa Mimarava, Azal Amra Kameid Rabiabahu. Rav Tachlifa from Eretzrael heard this and went and said it to Rabiabahu. Amar Atu Mehatamanitula, you learn it from there. Anan Mehachamaninula, we learn it from here. Hatsibilach Tsiunim, make markers for yourself. Similach Vigomer, Asut Tsiunim Latara, make markers, make mnemonic devices for the Torah. Umay mashma dehayt siyun lishna de simanahu. How do you know that siyun means a marker, a sign? As it says, that he saw the bone of a man and he made a marker for it so that Kaunim would not go over it and become Tame. Incidentally, the third part of the Mishnabura that appears under the Mishnabura that many people call the Shar Hatsiyon is correctly called the Shar Hatsiyun. It is the gate of markers. That is, it is the sources for what the Chavetz Chaim says in the Mishnaburah. And the word is Tziyun, just like here. Rabbi Eliezer Amar Mehacha, Rabbi Eliezer says, from here, Call wisdom my sister, tell wisdom you are my sister, and an informer for understanding call it. Make informers for the Torah, make ways to remember what the Torah says. Rava Amar Asemo Adim Rava says it means make fixed times for the students to come so that they will know that they should come and learn. And this is what Avidimi Barhama Bardosa said, that which we have to make uh, signs to remember the Torah. The Pasuk says the Torah is not in the heavens and not across the sea. If it was in the heavens, you would have to go get it. And if it was across the sea, you'd have to cross the sea to get it. You have to work hard to acquire Torah, and certainly you should make simanim, mnemonic devices, to remember it. Rava says, the Pasuk that says the Torah is not in heaven means the Torah is not found in haughty people who raise themselves up like the heavens. You will not find it in people who broaden themselves, again, it means who are haughty, like the sea is wide. Rabbi Yochanan says it means that the Torah is not found in the heavens, which is in haughty people, and not across the sea, in merchants and traveling businessmen. There's a story in the Gemara in Tanis Tafchaf Aleph about Rabbi Yochanan and Ilfa, who were learning, and they were very poor, and they contemplated leaving yeshiva and going into business, and Rabbi Yochanan heard a boss call saying that they were Chayab Misa, and he asked Ilfa, did you hear anything? And Ilfa said no. So Rabbi Yochanan decided not to go into business, and Ilfa did go into business. The Gemara is consistent with that, that it's Rabbi Yochanan's position that Torah is not found in businessmen. Taner Rabbanan, the Rabbanan taught, Ketzad Ma'avrim How do you give the cities extra space before measuring the Tchum? Aruka Kamuchehi. If it's long, you leave it as it is. The Gemara will explain that. Agula, if it's round, osin la zaviyot, you make corners for it, you turn it into a square. Merubat, 
Einos tin lozaviyot, if it's square, you don't make corners for it. Haitara chava mitzadachad, uksara mitzadachad, if it was wide on one side and narrow on the other side, like a trapezoid, for ino takilu hishava, you view it as if the sides are equal, as if it's a rectangle. Hayab bayit achad yotzei kamin pagum, if one house protrudes from the city, or shnei batim yotzei kamin shnei pagumim, or two houses protrude from the city, you view it as if there's a line extending from them. You measure 2,000 amos from there onwards. You do not measure the 2,000 amos from the wall of the city, but from a line that begins with the house that protrudes and runs north or east or south or west, depending on where the protrusion is. Haitasviya kamin keshet or kamin gam, if the city was like a bow or like the Greek letter gamma, which is an upside down letter L in English. You view the empty space inside the bow or the space inside the L, so to speak, the space that's there if you square it off, you view it as if it's full of houses. You measure 2,000 almost from that line. Mar now discusses the brisa. If it's long, you leave it as it is. Pshita, that should be obvious. No, it's talking about where one side is longer than the other. It's a rectangle. That we should make its width like its length. We should make it a square. It's teaching us that you don't. You leave it as it is. Since it has right angles already, you leave it as it is. If it's square, you don't give a corners. Pshita, that's obvious. It's already a square. No, it's a square, but it's not square to the directions of the world. Rather than having the sides be on the north, south, east, and west, you have corners on the north, south, east, and west, and the sides are run from, from north to east and from east to south and so on. There's a picture in Rashi. Uh, on in my Gemara, it's on the left side of the page, a diamond inside a square. I might think you should square it off to the square of the world, therefore it's telling us that you don't, you leave it as it is. If one house protrudes, or if two houses protrude, you already told me if one house protrudes, you draw a line from the edge of that house and not not from the wall. You don't measure from the wall of the city. So why do you need to tell me if two houses protrude? It's talking about where they are, they are on different sides of the city. I might say that we extend the city on one side, but we don't extend the city on two sides. Therefore, it's telling us that we do. If it was made like a bow or like a gamma, like a letter L, we view the empty space as if it's full of houses and chatzeros. We measure 2,000 amos from there on. Ravuna says that the Brisa is talking about where from one end of the bow to the other end of the bow is less than 4,000 amos, then we measure from the yeter, which is the line that connects the two ends of the bow. Like the string, if it was a bow 
for shooting arrows, then the bow would be the wood or whatever the bow is made out of, and the yet there would be the string that connects the two ends. So if that distance is less than 4,000 amos, then you measure the 2,000 amos outward from the yet there. Being love, but if not, if it's not less than 4,000 amos, well, the din lamina keshet, you measure from the bow itself. Mar asked, me am Ravuna, Achi, did Ravuna really say that? Vamar Ravuna, Chomata Irshni Fritsa, the Meavar, Vaimba Chad Ushlish, if the wall of a city broke down a distance of 141 and a third Amos, then it's considered two cities. There's a picture in Rashi of a rectangular city, and there, the wall broke down. There's an open space between the two halves of the city of 141 and a third Amos, and Rav Huna says that's considered two cities. So why, in the case of the bow, does he say it's considered one city as long as the ends are 4,000 Amos apart? said it's not a kasha. That Rav Huna is talking about where the city walls are broken on both sides, so the two halves of the city are completely separate. Whereas in the case of the bow, they're connected on one side because the city is shaped like a bow or a U, goes all the way around, and the opening of up to 4,000 almost is only on one side. Mike Mashalan, so what is Ravuna teaching us with the case of the city that broke in half? That you give each one an area outside of it before you start measuring. 2,000 amos, so you give each one an area of 70 and, 70 and two-thirds amos before you start measuring the 2,000 amos. Amar Ravuna Chadazimna, Ravuna already said that one time. Ditnan, because learn the Mishnah, Notnim Karpef Lair, you give a Karpef, an open area of 70 and two-thirds amos to a city, Divri Rabbi Meir, these are the words of Rabbi Meir, Chachamim Omrim, and Chachamim say, Lo Amru Karpef Ela Ben Shayarot, Chachamim say, that the law of Karpef is only between two cities, to join them as one city. Itmar Rafuna, Amar, and it was said that Rafuna said, Karpef Lozov, Karpef Lozov, you give each one a Karpef. You give each one 70 and two-thirds Amos, and if that joins them into one city, then you view them as one city. Barav says they have to be within 70 and two-thirds Amos of each other to be considered one city. So we already know that Rafuna says that two cities are considered one if they're within 141 and a third Amos. So the same thing should apply to two halves of a city when the city wall broke and the, the city is now broken into two cities. Where it says, I need both. If we had only the case of one city that broke in half, I would say there, Rav Huna says to give two Karpefos, two areas of 70 and two-thirds Amos outside the city before measuring the Tchom, and if that combines them into one city, they're one, because there's a Tzad Het there. Originally, they used to be one city of al but over there by two different cities, Emalo, maybe Rav Huna would not say, give each one a Karpef, have two Karpefos to see if they combine into one city. If we had only that case of two cities adjoining each other, I would say, because they're crowded, their space for doing things that people normally do outside the city is crowded, so you have to give them two. But here, 
where they're not crowded because they used to be one city. They managed to do everything they needed to do inside that space. They don't need extra space. Aimalo, I might say, you don't give them two karpefos. Tricha, therefore, need both. Mara asks, How much can there be between the center of the bow and the, the, the midpoint of the bow and the place called the yeter, where we said where the string would be if it was a bow of a bow and arrow? Rabba Barhuna Amar Alpayamama, Rabba Barhuna said only two thousand Amos. Rabba Braid Rabba Barhuna Amar Filia Termia Paimama. And Rabba, the son of Rabba Barhuna, said even more than two thousand Amos. Amar Abaye Abai said Kabate de Rabba Braid Rabba Barhuna Mistabra. It makes sense like Rabba Braid Rabba Braid Rabba Barhuna that it could be even more than two thousand Amos from the center of the bow to the string to the yeter. Because if you wanted, you could walk through the built-up area to the ends of the city. And from there, we said that in order to be considered a yeter, a string from which you measure the 2,000 amos outside of it, it has to be less than 4,000 amos across, meaning that to the midpoint of the yeter is less than 2,000 amos. So you could get to that point from the center of the bow by walking through the built-up area and then going into the vacant area inside. Therefore, what difference does it make if it's more than 2,000 amos from the center to the yeter? You should be allowed to walk there anyway, since you could, you could get there. For those who have a parish high, refer to picture 26 on page 104. The Gemara continues, If there are gedudiyot, that are ten tvachim tall, you measure the tchum from them. My gidudiyot, what are gidudiyot? Amrav Yehuda, shalosh machitzot she'en alehem tikra. There are three walls with no ceiling. There are runes that have three walls and no ceiling. Yibay lehu, shtei machitzot v'yesh lehem tikra mahu. What if they are two walls and do have a ceiling? Tashma, come in here. Elush mitabrinima, the following are considered to be, to be extensions of the city. For measuring the chum, nefesh yish ba'arva mazal aramot, a grave that has four amos by four amos, ba'gesher va'kever yish ba'in beitira, or a bridge, or a grave that has a place for a guard to live, u'beikineses yish ba'beitira, or a shul that has an apartment, v'chazan for the shamish, u'beita v'dakochavim yish ba'beitira lekomrim, or a church, a house of avodazara that has an apartment for the priest, ba'aruvot ba'otzarosh v'sadot and the stables and storehouses in the fields, which have apartments for the guards, and the guard houses of orchards, or house in the sea, all of these get included with the city and become extensions before you start measuring the 2,000 amos. The following are not viewed as extensions of the city, Nefesh nifritza mishteirchotea, a grave which is open on two sides, elach ve'elach, this way and that way, v'agesher v'akever she'enlein beitira, or a bridge and a grave that do not have an apartment, v'beit ha'kneset she'enlein beitira, or a shul that does not have an apartment, v'chazan for the shamash, v'beit ha'vazat kochavim she'enlein beitira lekomrim, a house of avodazara that does not have a, an apartment for the priests, and stables and storehouses in the fields that do not have apartments, 
and cisterns of different shapes, the Geder Veshovach, Shivatocha, and an enclosed area and the dovecote within it, and the house of a boat, all of these do not get counted with the city. A bor, siach, and mara are cisterns of different shapes. A bor is round, a siach is rectangular, and a mara is a cistern with a cover. But they're all cisterns. Tani mihat, in any event, we learned in the Brisa, nefesh that a grave which is open on two sides does not count as an extension of the city. My tikra, is that not talking about even if it has a covering? Lo, the leikat tikra is talking where it doesn't have a covering. We said that a house in the sea counts as an extension of the city. What's it good for? It's talking about a house into which you empty kalium from a boat. A cave does not get counted with the city. But we learned in another Brysa of Ravichia that a cave does get counted. Rabbi said, that's talking about when there's a building at the opening of the cave. Well, why don't we consider that just because there's a building? Who cares about the cave? It's talking about where the cave is part of the area. It has to be four amos by four amos. And if the building itself is not four amos by four amos, but the cave adds to the shear, then we count the cave. If people live in Srifin, Rashi says their houses made out of twigs and branches and they're not permanent and therefore they do not get a, an Ibur outside of them. You just measure 2,000 Amos from the door of the, of the hut. Says they camped on the Yardane from Beit Shimot, Amar Rabba Bar Barchanan, Rabba Barchanan said, Lididi have a chazil of Atra, Babit Plati Parsel, Plati Parse. I saw that place, and it was three parsaos by three parsaos where Bene Israel camped. Vitanya, we learned the Brysak, Shenifnim, Enifnim, Lolifnehem, Lolitidehem, Elacharehem. And we learned the Brysak that when they had to relieve themselves, they had to go behind the camp. And those were temporary in- enclosures that they lived in. Rashi says the reason they had to go behind them is since they don't know which way the Ananim are going to take them next, whether forwards or sideways, they should not relieve themselves there, but they know they're not going to go backwards. Therefore, they should go behind the tents. Now, in the desert, they lived in tents, which are not permanent. And nevertheless, we counted the entire camp as four almost and measured the Tchum outside of it, even though it was very large, three parcels by three parcels. So why are you saying that a camp of temporary dwellings doesn't count as a camp? Each each dwelling is considered individually and gets 2,000 almost outside of it. Amrle Rava, Rava said, Diglemi Barakamrat, you're asking from the camps in the desert. Since it says they would only travel when Hashem said and they would camp when Hashem said, that gives it permanence. Amr Chinina Barakana, Amr that if this temporary camp has three chatzeros of two houses each, that gives it permanence, and you consider it as a town 
to and give two thousand almost outside the whole thing. Those who live in temporary dwellings and travel in the desert, their lives are not lives, and their wives or children and children are not theirs because since it's such a haphazard way of living, they have to worry about immoral relationships developing. Tanya Namihachi learns similarly in Ebraisa, Eliezer Ishbera Omer, Yoshvetsrifin Those who live in temporary enclosures are like those who live in graves. And about their daughters, it says, Cursed is one who has relations with an animal. My timer, what's the reason? Ula says, because they don't have bath to go to. And so they have to go far away to bathe. And their wives have relationships while they're away bathing, while the men are away bathing. Since they have to go far away, their wives have relationships. Rabbi Yochanan says, because when the women have to go to the mikvah, they have to go far away because there's no mikvah nearby. So they call a friend to go with them and the neighbors know and a Russia goes after them and is alone with them. My binayu, what's the difference between these two reasons? If there's a river near their houses where they can bathe, sorry, which is fit for tevila, for immersion, but not for bathing. So therefore the problem that they have to tell people when they're going to the mikvah doesn't exist. But the problem that men have to go far away to bathe is still a problem. Amar Avhuna, says, Any city which doesn't have vegetables, a Tamil Chacham may not live there. Kamar asked, Are you saying that vegetables are good? There are three things that increase waste and bend a person's height. And they take away one five hundredth of a person's eyesight. Be'eluhein pat kivar, inferior bread, v'shechar chadash, and new beer, beerik, and vegetables. Sounds like vegetables are bad. Mara says, lokasha havatume v'karti havashar yarke. One is talking about specifically vegetables called tume and karti, and the other is talking about other vegetables. Rashi says that I learned that tume and karti are bad, but I think it's the other way around, that tume and karte are the good ones, and the other vegetables are the bad ones. And he brings sources to support his interpretation. Kiditanya, as we learned in Brisa, shum yerek krishin chatsi yerek. Shum is garlic, is a vegetable, and krishin is half a vegetable. Shum is tume, and krishin is karte. Nirat snon, nirat sam. If you see radish, you see Sam Chaim, you see a potion of life. We learn another Brisa, if you see radish, you see a potion of death. It's not a kasha. One is talking about the leaves. The leaves are bad and the roots are good. The imahot are the roots and they're good. And one is talking about in the winter and one is talking about in the summer. In the summer, they're good because they cool off the body. That's why they're called snown. And in the winter, they're bad because you don't want to be cooled off in the winter. We'll stop there.